0: Welcome to A Day of Prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me.
1: Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word.
2: Good morning. I am promised and you're listening to A Day of Prayer Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, let's open up in prayer. Lord, I just thank you for today. Just thank you for coming into our midst and just showing us which way we should go, Lord. And Lord, I also just thank you for making where you tell us what's right and what's wrong so that we're not making mistakes all the time. In the name of Jesus, amen. In
0: Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everybody. We're glad to have you with us as we continue our study on the Lord's house. Amen. And um, today we're moving forward, and we are going to discuss um, the next aspect, or furnishing in the tabernacle, which is the linen curtains. So before we get into it, we just ask that you would, uh, if you've been blessed by this word, or if you're blessed by what we discussed today, that you like subscribe on any number one of any number of our our platforms where you can listen to this and share this with others that you think might be blessed by the word going forth and the message within so that being said let's get to the word shall we Mm -hmm. amen and could i get a volunteer to read from exodus 26 the first six verses i will all right layla
2: Moreover, you shall make the tabernacle with ten curtains of fine woven linen and blue, purple, and scarlet thread with artistic designs of cherubim, you shall weave them. Mm -hmm. The length of each curtain shall be twenty-eight cubits and the width of each curtain four cubits. And every one of the curtains shall have the same measurements. Five curtains shall be coupled to one another and the other five curtains shall be coupled to one another. And you shall make loops of blue yarn on the edge of the curtain and on the selvage of one set selvage i'm sorry of one set and likewise you shall do on the outer edge of the other curtain of the second set 50 loops you shall make in the one curtain and 50 loops you shall make on the edge of the curtain that is on the end of the second set that the loops may be clasped to one another and you shall make 50 clasps of gold and couple the curtains together with the clasp so that it may be one tabernacle
0: <laughs> is that exhausting
2: yes but the word of god is not exhausting
0: oh no He can never exhaust the word of god it is living and active mm-hmm. and there are no small details our god is a a god of immense detail nothing is overlooked so, that being said, we're going to discuss the curtains. What was the first thing that jumped out to anyone about the curtains?
3: It was the same colors that they were asked to give before in Exodus 25. Okay. And, then, and what? Also, also, the way that was just made, I could imagine it. The curtains, I could just imagine like, like a tent, kind of. Tentish, but not really. But they have little pegs, and they clasp right here okay. in the center.
0: Okay. What's the very first thing that's mentioned? First one.
2: Ten curtains of five. You shall make woven. the
0: tabernacle with ten curtains. Why ten? Uh, what does ten represent in scripture? Okay.
2: I think it might have been wisdom.
0: No. Two things. One of two things is either divine order, right? When everyone is in order. And if it's out of order, 10 also represents judgment.
2: Right? All
0: right. Again, showing the Lord and his place, right? What did he say? I yes. did not come to judge. But if I do judge, my judgment is...
3: Yes. Right.
0: yes. Exactly. So hmm. it shows both, right? But because the tabernacle was inside, uh, and by there was there was a, the courts. Are, the, it was past the courts, right? You had and we haven't covered these parts yet, but you had the the bronze altar, and you had the the laver, right? So the tabernacle is after that. After the sacrifice and after the priests wash themselves, right? Yes. Ten, cu- 10 curtains. So everything within, consisting of divine order, right? Yes. And then we've gone over the colors before. Does everybody remember what the colors were or what they represented?
3: Purple royalty. Um, so,
0: kingship, as in the king of glory, right? What about blue? Uh,
3: I thought it was something like grace or mercy. I'm not sure.
0: Uh, as royal priesthood. Royal Christ priesthood. as a royal priest. What else?
3: I'm not sure about scarlet.
0: Scarlet was uh, representative of the bloody shed, so as a suffering servant or, better phrased, as the savior of our souls, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then the
1: lamb slain before the foundation of the world.
0: Amen. Mm-hmm. And then it's fine linen, right? So mm-hmm. if you believe there is a fourth color, it would be white, right? Yes. Yes. White yes. being representative of Christ as the Son of God. Amen. Mm-hmm. Pure, righteous, holy, right? Yes. So um then I, I want to skip over the the cherubim part. We're going to get to that here in a second, right? Okay. We're going to come back to that part because um, I think there's some expo- explaining that has to happen with that. But um, I, so yes, I, go ahead, brother.
4: Just jump in there for just a quick second. So you asked what what first jumps out. Yes. You know, uh, one of the things that uh, always jumps out to me is is that the supplies that were available. Amen. Going back to, um, as they left Egypt, mm-hmm. and they asked for articles of mm-hmm. gold and linen, right? Mm-hmm. And so all these things were given to them. But even more so, um, the images that, or um, more commonly portrayed of the Exodus is just this ragtag group of people that you know are hunched over and you know broken down and yet they they left with the plunder of egypt mm-hmm. they had all this all this stuff that they were carrying they had to have carts and i mean this is just i mean i can't imagine you know you see these wagon trains in the old westerns you know of them them coming with these huge wagons of stuff i mean <laughs> it had to be as much as that or more so it's just amazing absolutely this, this this was a lot of material. And mm-hmm. then just a kind of the interesting thing. So if you were uh, wanting to have some luxurious sheets for your bed, at least in Western society, what is one of the most attributed um, mm-hmm. type of sheets to get?
1: Egyptian cotton.
4: Egyptian cotton, right? Mm-hmm. And the thread mm-hmm. count. And mm-hmm. so, just kind of interesting. That's mm-hmm. all. That, that's that's one of the first things that jumps out at me.
1: Um, Go ahead. I was looking at that and... I like that you brought that up, Dean, because I was actually, um, last night as I was talking to God, and he was just <clears throat> ministering to me about his, his divine plan and his sight is without limit. And it truly is preeminent. It truly is vast and all-encompassing. I was reading, um, he brought up a point to me, so I was discussing the word, not countering him, because how can I counter him on his word, but going, okay, Lord, show me this. In Exodus chapter 3, Verses 21 and 22. This is where Moses is still by the burning bush. Um, You know, he's the bush, you know, started on was on fire, but didn't burn. And so he came over to look at it. And the Lord says, take off your shoes. This is holy ground. And, you know, they're they're talking and having a discussion now because Moses, by answering the Lord as he was creating this miracle. Gave God permission and authority to continue to talk with him and now give him more information and more details. But if you look at verses 21 and 22, um, he's telling him, this is my plan for you. This is what you're going to do. It says, and I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall be when you go that you shall not go empty handed but every woman shall ask of her neighbor namely of her who dwells near her house articles of silver articles of gold and clothing and you shall put them on your sons and on your daughters so you shall plunder the egyptians so god had told him this before he even stepped back into egypt this was already a part of his plan for god to prepare for what he was going to ask them to build and to create and then just the the depth of god's insight the depth of his planning and preparation is administers to me because we think of God as a oh never mind oh wait wait scratch that let's do this instead kind of God because that's how we are as humans we can't see everything so we kind of tumble as we go but before the man set his foot back in Egypt he told him this is what you're going to do this is what I'm going to do but this is what you're going to do in preparation because God knew what he was already going to ask of them because he's working that divine plan. Remember, he's working that to point us to Jesus Christ so we can be restored. We can be purified and cleansed and be restored. And it blesses me because today we still have a plan that God wants to work in our individual lives. Each of us still has a ministry or calling or whatever it is, whatever God tells us to do, that's the ministry he wants us to be a part of. And he... He put it in place long before they, the children of Israel didn't even know they were going to ask this question. It's probably something they never thought was even possible, but God said, no, no, this is what's going to happen <laughs> because <laughs> his word goes forth and does not return to him void. So that should provide great comfort for us, great clarity and focus that we are not our own source, but God is, and he provides for the very things he asks us to do. He takes care of it. All we have to do is believe him and walk in it. And there were many times in this this journey that the people, the children of Israel couldn't see what God was doing and they said, Well, why are you making it harder for us? Etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And then, you know, as you brought up, Dean, they came out laden with gold. You think, you know, when think about rappers today, that's kind of the image that it made me see. You know, they have all the gold chains and things of that nature. And they were nothing in comparison to these, the children of Israel when they plundered Egypt. They took real gold, good gold, not gold plated. They took, you know, their kids are riding, you know, laden down with gold and clothes because they're trying to hold it and walk out of the thing. If anything was heavy, it was because they were carrying so much wealth with them. I'm just... Blessed by God because that's his, That's how he does things. That's how God rolls. That's how he operates is by blessing and blessing abundantly, not barely get along, not tattered clothes. The The word says that their feet didn't even swell while they were in the, in the wilderness and delayed there because of their own disobedience and lack of believing God to enter his rest, to mix their faith with the word of God that was spoken to them. And God still took care of them, that their clothes didn't fail, their shoes didn't wear out. Their feet didn't even swell. That's a blessing from the Lord. I mean, my mind still hasn't even wrapped around that. I shouldn't chair too long sometimes. I'm like, ooh, my toe's a little bit, you know. But that's, that's the promise we have from God, that our feet won't even swell while we're in the midst of doing what he's called us to do.
4: Mm. Amen to that. Yeah, the, you know, it's, it's just funny that when we start really contemplating what God is showing us, Mm-hmm. Because the other side of that coin is is that, um, and there's 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 other references in scripture uh, that uh, we're not going to get into. But Egypt had a special place and has a special place in the Lord's heart. He talks about Egypt in, in lots of different places. But look at what Egypt had, mm-hmm. and look at what they did with it. You know, mm-hmm. it, we, we we'll see. As we continue to go forth, what happens right to the nations around and all the abundance, right? The the, the Israelites are going in to dispossess those people who live in a land of milk and honey, mm-hmm. right? And the Lord's going to do it in such a manner so that the, the the milk and honey doesn't get overrun by the wild beasts and by thorns, right? It's going to he's going to, he's got a plan mm-hmm. to carefully transfer that over. Amen to that. So here's yet again God. Like, he blessed Egypt. They had nothing without him. And instead of honoring God, they made false gods and even more so made themselves out to be gods themselves. Mm -hmm. Right? And so Mm -hmm. God rightly took away the abundance that he had blessed him with.
1: Mm -hmm. It's his wealth. He has the right to transfer it to whoever he decides. Right. Mm Right.
4: But look at the, look at the, so as we look at the blessing the Israelites had, we also look at what the blessing the Egyptians first had.
1: Right. And we remember. And what they did with it. And we remember Joseph was sent there some hundreds of years beforehand. And Egypt became even more wealthy under his, they, they didn't have that kind of wealth until Joseph. Not on that scale. Like when they started accumulating this massive, it was because God's man was there with the wisdom of God.
4: Well, everything was transferred from the, uh, other than some of the nobles, everything was transferred from the people who owned everything. Under Joseph, the wisdom. And they willingly became slaves and Mm -hmm. sold all that they had back to Egypt as Mm -hmm. a nation, I guess you would Mm -hmm. say right, Mm -hmm. for the government to control.
1: Right, during the famine, there was a famine coming, and they could have been dried up and perished just like all the other places, but instead God made them the the shining jewel, if you were the place of refuge that other people could come to. How many times did Israel go to Egypt for refuge or, you know, of something (laughs) of that nature during hard times. And God sent his, his son, Joseph, but they still, you know, he believed God and was there as a a way for them to be blessed. And no, like we talked about in the previous podcast, God doesn't take away your opportunity, your opportunity to choose, there was a Pharaoh that said, hey, I respect you, Lord. <laughs> I see you, God. And then one rose up that said, I don't know who this Lord is, which clearly he did because he called him Lord. Um, this, is, this would be in Moses' time. But they had been gradually being, the Israelites had been gradually being more and more afflicted in being there from being initially blessed and living in the best, and now you're servants and slaves. But God gave him a chance he gave him a chance to humble himself and come back to the Lord. Most of us would read that and go, well, God, why did you make him harden his heart? No, he didn't. He gave him a chance and a choice, which is what God gives to all of us. When we refuse to hear him, we harden our hearts. When we humble ourselves before him, we go, okay, God, you're God. You, you God, you're God, you win, you reign, I submit to you. Uh You are Lord. We saw the same thing with Nebuchadnezzar. God is good. He gave him an opportunity to choose. So let us deal wisely with what God put in our hands, what he's called us to. Let us believe God. Let us enter in by faith and remember that it's the Lord who gives us the ability to get wealth and it's he who makes us rich and adds no sorrow with it. And that looks like wealth to God, not the world's version, but God's version. Now, we just talked about was in the previous podcast, the menorah was almost six feet tall. And 75 pounds.
4: Mm-hmm. And 2.3 million dollars.
1: <laughs> By today's our, standards. Our God yeah, well, is yeah, and it was Absolutely. It was wealthy then too. Absolutely. Because also in the value of it, it's not just the weight of gold, but how it's fashioned together. Like we were mm-hmm. talking about Jesus' um, tunic. That it's one piece. That automatically adds more value to it. Uh, that, that's just the weight of the gold, not the craftsmanship, which also came from God. Truly mm-hmm. without him we can do nothing. But with him all things are possible. Amen. Okay, I'm done,
0: Eddie. Go ahead. No, that was good. And, and that was good. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um so the next thing I want to get to is the length of each curtain, mm-hmm. right? Um again, no details are escape our Lord. Twenty eight cubits. By the width, the length shall be 28 cubits, by the width being four cubits. Um, 28 in scripture typically has to do with time. Hmm. Um, And then four in scripture typically represents the earth. So even in this, right, even in the construction of the tabernacle, there is... The Lord demonstrating or sh- or t- showing us back to the choosing ground, mm. right? That there's but a time for this,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Um, yes. Before it ends, right? Completion, right? Four by seven is twenty-eight, and right. So there is, and also in in um, Solomon writes this. There are uh, he references. About time seasons or purposes for everything under heaven mm-hmm. twenty eight times
1: oh wow that's interesting
0: absolutely so um just just a little aside there, but you can see it there are no details left out with our Lord or right? he's he's telling us and then the next thing is there are loops of blue yarn right it? The blue again representing the priesthood, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm Fifty
0: on each side. What does fifty represent in scripture? Jubilee. Jubilee, and that was given in Leviticus twenty-five. I love God. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) So great. And what happens in jubilee?
1: If you oh, Oh, go ahead, baby.
0: Everything was restored to its
3: previous owners they receive their inheritance again is what they got
1: they got all their debts canceled yes. they were restored if they sold any property or land or sold themselves into slavery any of those things mm-hmm. they um, were restored. they got all their stuff back all their stuff back
0: exactly complete restoration mm-hmm. and return right amen um amen that's in uh, Leviticus 25, verse 10. You shall consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you, and each of you shall return to his possession, and each of you shall return to his family. Look at there. In this verse 11, the 50th year shall be a year of jubilee, and it shall neither sow nor reap what grows of its own accord, and neither gather the grapes of your untended vine for it is the jubilee. It shall be holy to you. You shall eat its produce from the field. In this year of jubilee, each of you shall return to his possession. Mm. Going right back into the choosing ground and what the Lord is doing, which is restoring the heavenly community. Amen. Right? And the blue yes. clasps representing the perpetual eternal priesthood that Paul talks about so often in the New Testament, especially in Hebrews, right? Yes. Um, Yes. Oh, sorry, there's 50 loops on the curtains and 50 clasps clasps of gold. So restoration, liberty upon liberty, right? So you go from, again, looking at the numbers, it represents limited time on earth to jubilee upon jubilee. Thank you, Lord. Right? So, yes. And, and that's at the top. That's an eternal thing. Does that make sense to everybody? Mm-hmm. Yes. You're, you're um,
4: saying that, that because the, the loops were round, they symbolize an unending. Uh,
0: n- not just the unending, but so there are clasps, uh, not clasps, there are clasps for the loop uh, for, of gold, and there are 50 um, loops within the curtain. that make sense so 50 representing jubilee liberty freedom restoration all those things wrapped or intertwined with another 50 so it was just liberty upon liberty freedom upon freedom and that's at the very top that's the end if you will so extending through through eternity which is exactly how more or less what's described in revelation with um Wow. Well, the restoration to the heavenly community and spending eternity with Christ—our salvation. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think, how do they leave? So, yeah, no, there's there's a lot there, um, and then of course the the cherubim. That's um, that's another another section. Um, that we need to get to, um, and that's, that is discussing the angels, but there were images of cherubim put on these curtains, finely woven. Um, and I want to discuss that, but, um, you know what, let's go to Ezekiel one. Let's, let's do that. Let's start there. I'm just trying to look out for time, so we'll probably just read this first section um, Uh, of Ezekiel. Usually
3: he says Ezekiel 1, right? Yes, sir. Okay.
0: Amen. I don't know how much we'll be able to discuss, because it's kind of extensive, but can I get a volunteer to read from verse 4 through verse 21 of ezekiel 21 or ezekiel 1 excuse me i can all right layla
2: then i looked and behold a whirlwind was coming out of the north a great cloud with raging fire engulfing itself and brightness was all around it and radiating out of its midst like the color of amber out of the midst of of the fire Also from within it came the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. Each one had four faces, and each one had four wings. Their legs were straight, and the soles of their feet were like the soles of calf's feet. They sparkled like the color of burnished bronze. The hands of a man were under their wings on their four sides, and each of the four had faces and wings. Their wings touched one another. The creatures did not turn when they went, but each one went straight forward. As for the likeness of their faces, each had the face of a man, each, had the four, each of the four had the face of a lion on the right side, each of the four had the face of an ox on the left side, and each of the four had the face of an eagle. Thus were their faces, their wings stretched upward, two wings of each one touched one another, and two covered their bodies, and each one went straight forward. They went wherever the spirit wanted to go, and they did not turn when they went. As for the likeness of the living creatures, their appearance was like burning coals of fire, like the appearance of torches going back and forth among the living creatures. The fire was bright, and out of the fire went lightning, and the living creatures ran back and forth in appearance like a flash of lightning. Now as I looked at the living creatures, behold, a wheel was on the earth beside each living creature with its four faces. The appearance of the wheels and their workings was like the color of beryl, and all four had the same likeness. The appearance of their workings was, as it were, a wheel in the middle of a wheel. When they moved, they went toward any one of the four directions. They did not turn aside when they went. As for their rims, they were so high, they were awesome. (laughs) and the rims were full of eyes all around the four of them when the living creatures went the wheels went beside them and when the living creatures were lifted up from the earth the wheels were lifted up wherever the spirit wanted to go they went because there the spirit went and the wheels were lifted together with them for the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels when those went these went when those stood, these stood. And when those were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up together with them, for the spirit of the living creatures was in the
0: wheels. So do we see how awesome God's creation is? And these cherubim, images of these cherubim, were woven throughout these this, this linen the linen curtains how incredible is that mm-hmm. yeah. that that i mean someone had the lord had to have shown them the people what they looked like or at least the people m- making the design right yes so and and I say that because yes we we already talked about the Ark of the Covenant and how there are cherubim there, but this shows the uh, i'll say uh, a more robust explanation of their description. does that make sense
1: mm-hmm. Yes,
0: yes and how these were again intricately woven throughout. Uh, just so we, we could get a sense of how incredible this curtain must have looked. Again, it's not about the curtain itself. It's a type and a shadow of things that already exist in heaven. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what that's what Hebrew yes. says. It's a type and a shadow of things that are already there, already exist in heaven. So this is but a glimpse. Right? Yes. But, but we're going to pause there for today. Because <laughs> so I know it's a lot, and I know the Holy is talking to people. And, and by people, I mean you guys that are here. And uh, I want to give you the opportunity to share on the next podcast. So um, let's pause there for today. And i um, got to get a volunteer to close out in prayer. I will. All right, LaCharles
3: lord we just thank you lord we just thank you that you continue to bless us with increase lord and that's more than we need lord that we're not just barely skimping past lord but that you give us an abundance of your grace and mercy lord and that you bless us in abundance with everything lord and lord we also just thank you that you remember our good works before you lord not only our bad lord but that you also remember the good that we have done towards you and you reward and honor us for that lord in jesus name amen
1: In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Our our sins are in the sea of forgetfulness when we repent. So far, they removed from us as the east is from the west.
0: Amen. Mm -hmm. We love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day.
1: We hope you've enjoyed listening to a Day of Prayers morning Bible study. This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through A Day of Prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at a adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select Partner. Complete the form, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.